1: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Power to the Pod episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, the director of scouting at com, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and your MC for... Your episode each and every week. Your questions, hot takes. We've got some good ones this week. Anything and everything that's on your mind as the Miami Dolphins fan base, you ask it, you tell it. We discuss it here every Tuesday on Power of the Pod. We, as always, are going to compartmentalize this into two separate uh, sections of feedback and questions, reviews of the show. And then Twitter questions. And we're not going to pull any punches here. We're going to dive right in to Power to the Pod today, trying to get as many of these questions in as we can. The first one, via Apple Podcasts, five-star review of the show, comes from Tyrion. Tyrion says, Kyle has great football intelligence, a rational view of the team, and his expectation for them and delivers great content on a daily basis. Thank you for listening. Been a follower since his days at NDT Scouting. Throwback. Throwback Tuesday, not a thing, but it is now. Thanks for the years of content. I can't with our beat, talking about the beat reporters. I'm no 2 I sometimes think he folded in bigger games after his freshman year at Alabama, and I was hoping we'd wait a year for fields so badly. But does context mean anything anymore? Our own beat is trying to shatter this kid. He has a shortened college career, and... Hadn't played football in a year, coming off a major injury, no offseason, no training, just rehab, no team activities, no scheme designed for him, no skill players, young line, and all the kid did was throw a 2-1 to touchdown-interception ratio and win six football games. Why does our beat want to bury this guy just because he didn't put up the stats that Herbert and Burrow did in playing meaningless games? Where is the context? In rant, love the show. I'll say this. Uh, I do think the Dolphins beat writers get a little bit of a bad rep for many of the guys that have been on the beat they've seen the Dolphins show glimpses before and nothing change whereas I kind of take ownership of the fact that my review of the team I have great pride in being somebody who has lived his life following the Dolphins and cheering for the Dolphins I take great pride in uh, what this organization is right now and the path that they're on and the things that they are doing right and trying to understand why they do the things that they do. So, I, I, I'm really thankful for the positive feedback that you have provided, Tyrion. Uh, I genuinely am, and, and I try my best to, and I've said this before, just present my reality for the team. I don't know if anybody's necessarily trying to shatter or break Tuatanga Valoa. Uh, context is also something that's very important, and as is the case in Tuatanga Valoa. We will find the answers that we need this year. Uh, but I think, and I've said this before, I think the number one thing, regardless of whether you're a beat reporter or you're a fan or you're some, a podcaster, you should hope that the Dolphins avoid the Ryan Tannehill situation all over again, which is it was year over year, no competition brought in for him, and just kind of accepting that he was going to be the guy regardless of whether or not he had hit a plateau or not. So that's the big challenge uh, for this Dolphins organization. We've seen them make unemotional decisions in the past, so I don't think that they necessarily would. But that's the big thing for me. We will get a lot of answers about Lo this year, this season, and where we go from here is going to be predicated on how he plays. But don't do the same thing you did with Ryan Tannehill. That's the worst thing you could do if you're the Dolphins. Our next question comes from man 72 Love the show, listen every day. Lifelong Dolphins fan since I was 7 in 1970. Brother, you have lived the good life. Season ticket holder from 70 to 96. Moved to North Carolina after 96. Have been to a few away games. Going to Nashville this year with my daughter, who is a huge fan. Would like to meet up with you in Nashville. Would also like to be in consideration for the ticket to the Houston home game. Thanks for all you do and look forward to meeting you in Nashville. Randy, yes. So Nashville, that's one that I have circled, uh, planning on attending. So looking forward to meeting you and and your daughter. Finn's up. And uh, as far as what we're doing for the Houston ticket giveaway, if you guys missed that, we talked about that last week a little bit, Uh, I'm going to be giving away a ticket to sit with me at Hard Rock Stadium for Dolphins versus Texans this season. We will do the giveaway during – Training camp and the preseason, so it's August is your window. Uh, so stay tuned, and I'll let you guys know and keep you posted when I come up with how I want to go about doing it. And uh, hopefully, we can all have a great time. And one of you guys will get to sit and watch the game. JP Man, Mr. Kyle, I got into more podcasts a few months ago. Since I have a one-hour drive to and from work, I've done the hour commute. Man, bless you. Drive safe. That is a tough living. I've done it myself. I did it myself for about 18 months. It was very difficult when I was trying to make the transition into covering football full-time. You do a great job clearly explaining all the situations from the salary cap nuances to inside info. My only complaint is there aren't two episodes a day. I haven't heard any talk on Jordan Scarlett on the Dolphins roster. I think he could be successful in this offense, even a breakout player. Your thoughts? Scarlett is a name that we've heard. I believe it was to his uh, trainer from Perform came out recently and said that Tua is really impressed with Jordan Scarlett. Jordan's a good football player at the University of Florida. He wasn't necessarily a a star, a standout, but a good, tough, physical running back. And as Miami showed last year with Savon Ahmed, like there's a role for that kind of player. And if you get opportunities and you rise to the occasion when opportunity knocks, you can go ahead and wrestle yourself a nice size of the offensive backfield. So certainly wouldn't rule Jordan Scarlett out uh, for potentially doing that, MP Dolphins, Kyle, I look forward to your podcast every day as they're great. You and the Finns fan podcast with Mike and Lewis are my favorite. You have great tastes, sir, let me tell you. My question for you is this I've been a skeptic of Tua since before the draft. I believe they will give him until after the 2022 season because we have the 49ers first round pick in 2023. If by then they haven't seen what they want to out of him, they have the ammunition to move up and draft a quarterback. What are your thoughts on a deadline for Tua being the guy or not? Again, love your podcast. Keep up the great work. By the way, I just ordered some Bilt Bars. Hope they are everything you say they are. Let me know. going to be very closely, eyes peeled, MP, for some feedback on Bilt Bars. As far as a deadline for Tua, I think when you know, you know. You know, I, I think everybody... Carson Wentz is a good example. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He, uh, his second season has what looks to be an MVP caliber season. He gets hurt in December, misses the rest of the year. The Eagles go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the two years that followed, still struggled a little bit with injuries, uh, but generally looked to be a franchise quarterback. And the wheels fell off the bus so badly and so abruptly that they pulled the plug. You know they they obviously drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, and it just melted Wentz's confidence, and he was gone and off the team. I think when you will get the indicators, and Brian Flores has always been very clear in saying, you know, the the evaluation of all of our players is not just game situations. We get a chance to look at these guys in practice on a day to day basis. We see what they look like. So I think it's hard to kind of put a two year window on it from now and say, hey, we're going to have our answer by X. They might have their answer by week eight this year, based on what they saw last year, how hard they saw them work this offseason, and what the improvement does or does not look like. You don't know. So I would be leery about putting deadlines on anything, and that's something that the Dolphins themselves, as I'm showing my indoctrination here with the Greer Flores camp, uh, they talk about that with winning is we're just trying to get better every day. We don't have a deadline for when we're trying to be in the Super Bowl or make the playoffs or win the division or any of that. We're just trying to get better every single day. And that's applicable to all players, including one to a Tonga Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. So head over to the website and check out all of the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information all available to you do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts Next, iTunes review show via Apple Podcasts, Florida underscore 5-4. Kyle listening from California, love the show, don't know what I like better, listening during the show every night or letting 5 pile up and listening to 5 straight during a workday. One question, which teams on the 2021 schedule, besides the obvious terrible defenses, do you think Tua will have the most success against? I could tell you what I'm hopeful for. I am hopeful that the Dolphins are able to find more success and to performs better against familiar opponents. And what I mean by familiar opponents is the teams in the division, the teams that you're going to have to beat. That is the biggest litmus test. And this is something that was shared to me via Joe Marino, him having conversations on the road with NFL scouts and NFL scouts talk about from both a pro player evaluation perspective and a college scouting perspective. If you want the best litmus test for player growth, watch them play the same team year over year because the things that they struggle with, if they're struggling with the same exact things a year after they just struggled with them last year, it's a major red flag. And you have no better litmus test of that in the NFL than the teams that you face within the division. So I don't know about calling my shots on which one he's going to dice up, besides hopefully the bad ones. But I can tell you, you hope to see much better performance any and every time. Obviously, he only threw two passes against the Jets. He missed the second game. Uh, he had the, the silly interception on the opening possession against the Patriots, but did lead them on a fourth quarter comeback to win that game and did not play well against Buffalo in Buffalo. So there's plenty of room for improvement. But that's where I would star if I'm looking for, okay, what teams on the schedule do we want to have the most vested interest in to a performance? It's divisional contests. Next question comes from Zach. If the Dolphins were to sign Melvin Ingram, which player's roster spot would he claim as always great show? That's a tough question. Uh, maybe you're pushing Jason Strobridge to the practice squad. Um, you could certainly list him a, a, as an outside linebacker a, as pushing Calvin Munson potentially off a roster spot. So uh, I, I think as a rotational guy, he's he'd probably be able to take some of the reps that maybe they're earmarking for Bernard McKinney as an outside linebacker uh, in some of their more Amoeba positionless front defenses on their their third down rush packages, uh, so that that's kind of where my fi- mind first goes uh, when thinking about where Melvin Ingram could fit. Jason, appreciate your Dolphins' passionate opinions. Hearing another dad of a young daughter going through some sleepless nights. Question: If you were putting money on where Tua will rank this year in total QBR or passer rating? 1 through 32, where would you put your money? I'm going to be pretty grounded here. I'm going to say middle of the pack. Um, between 12 and 18 would be where I would, you know, because it, you obviously have the pre-existing chemistry with Jalen Waddle, and you feel good about that. He threw to Devontae Parker last year and Mike Kisecki last year. You feel good about that. The offense should be catered more to his strengths as a passer. You should feel good about that. But at the same time, I'm just a little leery about jumping all in, no questions asked. Oh, yeah, top 10. You know, it's he has a lot of growth ahead of him. And it needs to be more consistent on a week-to-week, possession-to-possession, play-to-play basis. It does. And, and that comes from everything from pre-snap identification to post-snap reads and execution and confirmation of whether or not we're hot or not, setting protections in general, getting out of plays that you know aren't going to work. Like There's so much based on his commentary of his own play that needs to improve that I have a really hard time just jumping all in, no questions I say, oh yeah, he'll be a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I think a realistic expectation, even if he struggles with some of the things that he struggled with in the past, you're earmarking and saying, let's objectively hope that he's in the middle of the pack and shows growth, and if there is still some inconsistencies over the course of the season, that's what keeps him in the middle of the pack, but you get more high-end flashes of play. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're talking 10 flavors to choose from, 100% chocolate on all their bars, high in protein and fiber, low in fat, and calories. So whether you're looking for something light, something delicious, something for on-the-go, Built Bar can be that for you. You can head to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% on your next order. That's builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So head over to the website, get yourself a box, and you can thank me later.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Transitioning to Twitter questions, and as always, you guys brought 40 of them in like five hours. So we're going to try our best. There's some more deep dive nuanced questions here. Uh, that are probably best served as stand-alone conversations. But we'll keep the conversation flowing and try and take the quick-hitting one uh, as they come. Dolphins Craze. Was wondering who you think will be a surprise to make the roster and possibly start. I've heard a lot about Cameron Tom, the center, uh, who the Dolphins signed this offseason. Also heard they like Dieter a lot. I would not be surprised if the starting center is not Matt Skura. I think in a perfect world, it probably is Michael Dieter. Um, as far as a surprise starter, and I, it might be a week-to-week thing. Uh, would it completely, totally surprise me at times to see uh, a guy like Vince Beagle out there in a starting role because it's an early down role? You're probably not going to keep him out there on third downs. No. Um, but I have a hard time otherwise... Thinking of who would catch me off guard uh, to start for this Dolphins team, unless, of course, like Xavier Howard is traded, and then it's a whole can of worms. Of, is it Benogany? Is it Jason McCordy? Who knows? Um, is it somebody they, they could bring back in a trade? If they did trade Xavier Howard, hard to say. JD, could you give us a breakdown on how you think the running back work will be split this year? Brown is better than Jordan Howard was, but I can also see Gaskin running away with 80% of the carries and targets. People forget he was a stud in college. Um, I think you'll see a vast majority of Miles Gaskin. I don't know about 80%. I'd say he's taken two-thirds of the workload. Uh, just because he, again, the whole appeal with Miles Gaskin he, is he keeps the entire menu on the table for the team as far as passes, runs, inside-outside run, you name it. He He's capable of doing all of it as compared to some of the other specialized back, like Jordan Howard last year is a great example of a guy who uh, couldn't really do anything other than run between the tackles. So... I would say my expectation for Miles Gaskin is he's taken two-thirds, 70% somewhere around there of the workload, assuming that he's healthy. The next question comes from Edgar. Happy day after Father's Day. Legitimate question, looking for recommendations on how to digest and enjoy Dolphins news. I could tell you as the guy who is the managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, that'd be a great place to start. For me, personally... Uh, I've really enjoyed being on the Reddit community uh, as it's like-minded. It's fan driven. It's an opportunity where they bring stories from the local beat and the national scale in there and have a conversation. uh, But they also have their own voice as a community. And I've tried to poke in there and uh, made a Daniel Thomas joke the other week in one of the, the threads that was going on. So, uh, try and just poke in every once in a while. And, and that's a great resource for me personally, especially somebody who at Dolphins is responsible for multiple posts on a daily basis, uh, you kind of see what's on the mind of Dolphins fans in that group. So I would definitely recommend the Reddit, uh, the subreddit for the Dolphins. Ben Bruce, with the preseason shortened, by which date should we expect the starting offensive line to be finished? Uh, I think they will probably tip their hand in whatever that rehearsal week is it's hard to say whether or not they're going to choose for that to be week two or week three traditionally it's been week three but week four has been the we're going to play the backup see who makes the roster game they don't have that now so if if the rehearsal week is week two i would say by week two if they keep it week three i'm saying week three clint how will players released to get the roster down to 53 affect the salary cap situation. And will it help if the Dolphins decide to renegotiate Xavier Howard's contract? So the way the salary cap is calculated at this point in time uh, is right now. The most popular number is the fit, the top 51, uh, which adds the top 51 salaries on the roster because your 90 man roster has a bunch of guys who are making veterans minimum or player minimums. Uh, So it's a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And you got like 30 guys on the roster that are making that where yeah, they'll cut off. But if you're using the top 51, those players are already not accounted for in your salary cap space. So it's going to come down to a handful of veterans, whether it's Jesse Davis with two and a half million or Clayton Fezlim at two and a half million or Jakeem Grant, who you could save over 2 million with or Alan Hearns, who you could save one and a half million. Like, a handful, five or six of those kinds of guys, if you got rid of all of them, you could probably manufacture the space to sign your remaining rookies, which you're going to need approximately $4 million in cap space for, and just sneak Xavier Howard the money he needs for this year. But again, I would caution everybody, really don't expect the Dolphins to just address the pay this year and not address long-term. And of course, it frees up long-term from here. But that's the bigger risk here. It's not, can we cut enough players to manufacture the space to pay Zavian Howard, it's do we want to commit to Zavian Howard in a long-term capacity with the increased commitment? Steven with hot take. Miami's best player won't be on defense this year. I love this take. I hope it's true, and I hope it's not because Zavian Howard's off the team. I, I hope it's just because uh, somebody on offense, be it Jalen Waddell or Mike Koseki or Will Fuller or the quarterback, Tua Tongvaloa, really blows up and has a phenomenal season. That would be the best case scenario if you keep Xavier Howard and your best player on the team is not on defense. That means somebody else had a phenomenal season, and that likely leads the Dolphins to all the success that we're hoping that they have. Piggybacking off of the previous question regarding the Frankenstein's monster at wide receiver, using the existing Dolphins roster, create a Frankenstein's running back Monster. I don't think we get enough bodies for that. I got 10 traits I'd have to use. So I'd have to be using guys who are playing different positions uh, to fill that. Let me look into that. I'll let you know, Steve. uh, Tua knows the flow says, Love the show. Was wondering about your thoughts on the depth at the center position. This is the hot button topic right now. I love it. How do you feel about Cameron Tom, Michael Dieter, Matt Skura? If Skura goes down, how concerned are you for the offensive line? I feel better about the interior knowing that Eric Flowers is not a part of the group. I'm being completely transparent. It's a little cold to say, and I have nothing but good things to say about Eric Flowers as a person, an individual, a leader, but he's just physically limited as a player. There's a reason why he was drafted in the top as an offensive tackle, and he's now kicked inside to guard and been on a number of different teams at guard, and it's because he is a replacement-level player, just from a talent perspective. So, I feel better about the ceiling of Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt. You get those two guys and they play to their potential. Now you've got bumpers on either side of the center that, that can help at least mitigate if you do have a player in there who struggles a little bit. Last question. Mm, I like two more. Cliff, show continues to kill. You should plan a pregame meetup for the Ravens' date. I'm there. Question, do you think the Dolphins will look to replicate the Patriots' strategy of signing a recent free agent short-term then let them walk, pick up, comp pick? Agba could be an example if he balls out this year. I think that's certainly a part of the equation for Miami is, you know, they were obviously buyers, and they're still projected, I believe, to get a five from Devon Gaccio, uh this year. But Miami... If they're going to take the page out of the Patriots' book, then you're very selective and strategic as far as who you're Uh, re-signing. And one thing the Patriots have done, and a number of other teams have done this as well, you start trading vets towards the end of their career for picks, and you effectively use that. The Buffalo Bills did this with their offensive line, with the influx and offensive linemen that they brought in a few years back. And then they were trading like three of them before roster cutdowns because they weren't going to make the roster. But you trade them and you get a six here, you get a seven here, you get another future six here. There's a couple of teams that do it this way, and I think there's a couple different ways Miami could do that. But I also think choosing to pay Agba is in itself flying in the face of what the New England system has had so much success with. They typically let these guys walk if they're expecting big money contracts. Last question from Dr. Alex Hernandez. With regards to scouting talent, which position group do you say that you are the strongest, weakest, any great examples of hits or misses for those groups? I take a lot of pride in my evaluation of the running back position. Um, Guys like Nick Chubb. I had Nick Chubb uh, tabbed as a top 10 prospect uh, the year that he came out of the University of Georgia. I would say the offensive line has been an evolution for me. Um, Was not too strong at it. Was coveting the wrong traits back early in my career, 2014, 15. Um, Kind of feel like I've I've found a better mix with that now. Linebackers can be challenging to evaluate uh, because a lot of them are very scheme-specific and you have to envision a very specific role that teams will look for them to fulfill and how they choose to covet that and putting them into that role, they can have success, even if you're, you're not certain that they're a three-down linebacker or universal player. Uh, so so linebacker is a challenging one to get the middle rounds right. Typically, you'll identify the guys who are at the top of the draft, no problem. But a two-year round, two, three, four guys that go on to be quality starters. Uh, the year that Jerome Baker came out, that was a great class. And my top six in that year's group, was a really good group of linebackers that I, you know, kind of look to and, and feel good about how that materialized. Uh, the top six linebackers that I had from that year's class were Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan Smith, Fred Warner, who I had 34th overall on my personal board that year. Roquan Smith was 16, Tremaine Edmonds was four, a little high on Tremaine Edmonds, uh, but feel really good about Fred Warner at 34, Rashawn Evans uh, with the Titans at 38. Leighton Van Der Esch at 41, Darius Leonard at 43, uh, and then I actually had Jerome Baker down at 51. So that was a great class of linebackers, and that was year that it, it materialized for me in the past, but it hasn't always materialized that way. That, I mean, that's a whole – we could do a whole week on scouting stuff if we need to, and I'm hoping that the Dolphins give us plenty of good stuff to talk about so we don't have to do too much scouting stuff. But that's going to do it for us here on Power to the Pod. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, checking it out, having the conversation. Always enjoy hearing from you. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.